<sighs> How it always goes. How it always goes. Welcome, everybody, to the Making Awesome Podcast, uh, Season 3, Episode... Is this 29? I thought this was 30. Am I... I could have sworn this was going to be 30. Uh, let me just make sure I got my naming right. It is 29. Okay, Season 3, Episode 29. We are going to be talking all about common business failures and how to avoid them. I have my co-host with me, Victoria, who has decided that now is the exact time that she needs to come in. And I apologize because we've been dealing with tech issues all freaking day. For those that don't know, I have Spectrum Internet. And Spectrum Internet is got to be one of the worst internets that you can have for content creation. Not only do we not have symmetrical, we only have 20 megabits up, but we are dropping so many packets and currently, currently, as I am speaking to you, my ping times are in the low hundreds, should tell you that you should avoid spectrum at all costs. And I don't care that I, 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 I don't care because at this point I've now met the same text like three times and while they're wonderful people, sorry, I'm readjusting things to make myself just a little bit bigger for you guys. There you go. It's just, it's very frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating. Um, it's not Victoria. It is absolutely on spectrum. And then zoom was not opening. I, I don't know why. Uh, so I had to quickly build an OBS profile that uses my webcam rather than zoom. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Mr. Emendon says, is it possible you're getting denial of service? No. Uh, I mean, it's not impossible, but I don't think it is practical because when we stop streaming and we stop uploading things, the internet returns to normal. It's not a problem anymore. Um, so I am 100% putting this on spectrum and, uh, you know, my issues with what we've been dealing with because... It's not fun, uh, and especially as a content creator, the amount of stuff that we've had to go through with them, I just don't like it. I mean, to give you guys an idea, um, our internet is so unreliable that we had to install an editing PC that we, we custom built an editing PC for Andrew so that we could still edit our videos because we were dropping so many packets that it wasn't... Uh, it, 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 yeah, it was dropping so many packets, uploads wouldn't finish. But I digress. Um, Ronnie asks if this is live, live, or pre-recorded. It is live. So see, I'm calling your names and all that. Uh, but no, this is completely live. So thank you all for joining us. And if you are new and enjoy uh, this kind of thing, make sure to leave a like and get subscribed. If you do want to support us financially, Patreon, YouTube channel members, and now PayPal in that description down below. But let's get into talking about some business failures because it is a common problem. It can happen. And there is a cat here. So that all of those things mean that you should listen to me. I, I think, uh, I can try to make her a little bit larger, but at some point I should just make just the cat cam and you guys can just watch the cat as I talk. Cause I feel like that would probably get us more views. <laughs> um, yes, she likes to attack her own tail. I, I, I don't question things at some point. It's just, it's just cat stuff, just cat stuff, cat cam for the win. We have thought about putting in a cat cam 
because it's not that difficult, right? She she's right there. But uh, I don't know if you guys really want a cat cam, that's fine. But I have a feeling you'll come more to watch the cat sleep than to listen to me talk. <laughs> cat videos get all the views. They say, yeah, I get it. All right, fine. We'll work toward a freaking cat cam. <laughs> mm. So let's go through some of these failures, right? Some of the big ones that I want to point out here. Um, we've got this lack of market demand, poor management, insufficient capital, lack of differentiation, failure to adapt, ineffective marketing, poor customer service, economic factors, competition, supply chain, pricing. We have some more. So we're just going to start going through this list and start talking about things, right? So I'm going to try to focus most of this talk directly towards um, maker businesses and what you guys should be expecting for something like that. Uh, but I do appreciate everybody hanging out. We'll give out some call outs here. We got Super Caro hanging out. Geek Toy Box Dom is here. Mr. Chris Catlett, Mad Cat, USA, Glenn Larson, Dianos. Uh, let's see. Sun Turtle Campers here are the R3DZ. Uh, is here as well, Mr. M and Don. We got some people saying we should have an 8K 120 FPS. According to Super Caro, my internet literally cannot handle that. Um, and Ronnie is talking about pricing. Oh, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk all about pricing. Jonas E is here as well. 3D Medic Vince. Never let the machines win. Mike is here. NLTMW. Jonas E says 360 cat cam. I can't do a 360 cat cam because then you guys could see everything else in the shop. And there are some products occurring right now under non-disclosures. So I am not able to show those off. Welcome to the world. Pronounce my channel however you wish. I haven't quite decided. Eh, you know, it's just a channel name. But all right, I guess I'll cancel the Zoom meeting because that's obviously not going to work. But I probably need to figure that out before my meetings later today cool beans love that uh all righty so let's start off with probably the most common one lack of market demand right as makers our theory our thought processes form around the desire to make stuff but just because we like it does not mean that you're going to have a market demand, right? If it solves a you problem and it's only a you problem, it's not a problem that others have, right? So supply and demand, normal economics, right? It's the X for supply and demand. If you have a ton of supply but no demand, you have a failing business. If you have a ton of demand and no supply, you have an opportunity. Um, and... If you have a demand of exactly one and maybe friends and family, then you might not have a method that results in long-term growth of a business, right? If you want to produce something, put it up on Etsy, let it hang until you get, you know, whatever it might be, right? Whether that be a sale or two or three or five or whatever, cool. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it, it's just not something that's going to work. I was at a party last night, a crypto party, because apparently in my thirties, I get invited to crypto parties. So Jinx, if you're watching great party, thank you, sir. 
But uh, they were talking about an individual who wrote a book all about AI and, you know, for writing. So ChatGPT. This book he wrote five years ago had a grand total of 70 sales before ChatGPT came out. The day ChatGPT went viral, his book sold over a thousand copies. So it's not necessarily something where he wrote the book and he he self-published it because that's what Amazon allows you to do. He's like, "Eh, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't cost me anything. But if that's how your entire business model is done and you're waiting for sales to come in, that's a bad move. Now he's just got a nice little nest egg that he gets to hang out with. And you know, we're good to go. Super Chaos says, high demand for Victoria, but only one cam equals opportunity. If we do that, I would have to move away from um, Zoom as our main provider for that because Zoom only, I can only have one Zoom account running on a computer at a time. So the cat could not join as a uh, as another contributor unless we had a secondary computer that would then log it. That is so much extra work. I love you guys, but I'm not going through that. Um, although I guess we have the editing PC above me. That could be the second. Grant, stop it. That's feature creeping. Stop it. You're going to use one computer for this. <laughs> That's another problem of why businesses fail is feature creeping. But yes, right? Lack of market demand is kind of a big deal. Uh, uh, Never let the machines win. Mike says, why not StreamYard? I do not like StreamYard. Uh, We particularly went with Zoom because it will record each person's video individually, record their audio individually, and it gave us um, transcriptions, which now I have built into OBS. And we also now have a vertical format in OBS as well. Uh, So we've got some, you know, other options here. I just prefer OBS. I might move over to VDO Ninja, but it, that's just on top of OBS. Uh, I've been talking with Pooch from Repcord about it. They have this ability for people to live call in, um, and I think that's really cool. It'd be really cool to allow people to call in, but knowing the degenerates that hang out here sometimes, y'all would baba buoy me too much. As much fun as that might be. Uh, let me do one thing here real fast. Okay, cool. This should be good. Are we? All right. Yeah, we're still good. Oh, okay. Well, YouTube thinks we've been streaming since 1 a.m., we haven't been. That's when I turned on the stream, YouTube. Weird. But yeah, we're choosing not to use StreamYard just because the creature comforts that are allotted by Zoom are more efficient for the way that we've been doing it. Because we've been doing this longer than StreamYard was really all that popular. So, uh, Ronnie says it takes a de- to, uh, degenerate to know a degenerate. I'm a Florida man, okay? And that just means it comes with the territory. Like, the guys were burying... New cable. So I have a I have a new line from the tap all the way to my modem. That's what they were doing today. And they were using like this crazy, ridiculous, wide bladed shovel. I said, I'm just gonna go get an edger. They're like, it's gonna mess up your edger. And I said, look around. I don't edge things. I just have an edger laying around. So I grabbed the edger and I just cut their trench in 30 seconds. They're like, I think we're gonna go buy an electric edger. I said, Yeah, it's great. Uh so, yeah, 
anyways, sometimes being a degenerate actually helps. But, uh, oh, and I didn't clip any of that lack of market demand. Meh. Oh, well, we'll get to it a little bit later. So poor management. As much as a lot of us don't want to admit it, a lot of us don't know what the hell we're doing. And it's okay. Okay? It is okay to not know what the hell you are doing. But if you don't know what you're doing, you better know how to ask for help. And I get it. It's really hard to ask for help because it basically requires you to be real with yourself and say, I can't do this alone or I need some assistance. That is really tough to do because you want to be that I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and get everything done on my own. But it's not always that easy. It is not always that easy. And oftentimes, learning how to ask for help is probably one of the most useful business tools that you can have. Sure, learning how to negotiate a contract is great. But if you can't ask for help for someone to help you learn how to negotiate to write a contract, then you're not going to get to the place you need to get, right? So if you are the type of person that isn't going to ask for help, doesn't know how to ask for help, and might then decide, oh, I can do this myself, but then you realize, I kind of do need help, and you choose not to get it, you are doomed to fail. If you see problems and choose not to solve them, this is when businesses will start to not necessarily fail, but stagnate when they should be growing heavily. Oh, Wham Bam System says, another Florida de degenerate checking in here. Hey, Grant. Hey, I'm assuming it's Peter. Um, yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys like us, so that, that, that must make you kind of crazy. Um, so a little personal story, right? Uh, around the poor management thing. I have a real, real hard time asking for help. Like, it sucks. Because it, it's a pride thing, right? Because asking for help to me means I have to admit that I can't do it myself. And uh, lo and behold, can't do it myself. Um, and I have a business mentor now. His name is Scott, for those that don't know. I did ask him to watch this episode. So hi, Scott, if you are watching this. Um but he's a great guy. And since Scott has been assisting me with everything and trying to clean this business up, we are doing a lot better, like a lot better. And while we're not as cash positive as myself or Scott would like to see, the times are a little bit different right now. For service businesses, the markets are tanking. And realistically things aren't going 100% the way that I want. It is what it is, but as a good boxer will tell you, being able to throw a hit is nowhere near as important as being able to take one. And at this point, my ass looks like freaking ground beef because I've gotten it chewed out so many times, so I can take a hit. I'm not too worried about it. Ben Cox says 100. Yeah, it it is tough to admit that you need help. Um... Peter from Wayman was asking, have I read The Innovator's Dilemma? That is one of my massive faults as a person. I don't read a lot. I don't have the time. I am working. I calculated my hours last week. I did 114 hours last week. Uh, and I, I, I run seven-day weeks. So in seven days, I worked 114 hours. So I worked 
almost as much as the average person works in three weeks in seven days. And it means the time I'm not working, I try to spend sleeping, eating, and giving the cat attention. Right? Um, okay, I'll get the audiobook. Yeah, I gotta start doing more audiobooks. I'm told I gotta look in Audible or Scribd. What the hell? Grant, get these companies to sponsor your podcast. That's what we should do. We should get we should get the sponsors for the podcast. Um, I am also really, really excited because we have our first channel sponsor. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be in Wednesday's video. I'm going to make... I'm going to add them to Wednesday's video. I just don't know if we're going to have everything set up by then. Uh, but I am really excited because uh, we have our first channel sponsor. And that is a big deal uh, for a YouTube channel. Because it means we now have the financial support of a company uh, that can actually help us, um, you know, kind of afford the YouTube channel. Which brings us into insufficient capital. Right? Insufficient capital is kind of a big deal. Uh, ben Cox says uh, hello to Grant and Amber. Amber is not feeling good today. So everybody wish Amber well. Um, so she is, she's not feeling good today. But insufficient capital, right? Like, as much as I would love to go out and buy, uh, hell, as much as I would love to go out and buy a Prusa Mark IV, we don't have the capital. We do not have the capital right now to buy a Mark IV. I will buy a Mark IV kit, but I'm going to end up buying it with my personal money because we don't have enough cash flow right now to make sense for that purchase, right? And I, I've talked about this to our Discord, and I'll talk about this more in the Mark IV video that will come out on Wednesday. Um... We are not in a position right now as a company where we need the machine, but I'm at a position as a content creator where I kind of have to have it. Uh, so we're going to get a kit because then we can hang out and do a, a, a kit build stream, uh, which would be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I like building kits and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I know some people that already have them. And uh, they've been sending me some really good photos that we can use in the video. But dude, money, right? So you know how they say don't quit your day job? A lot of times there's a joke in there, right? You know, don't quit your day job. But the other bit of it is actually good advice, right? Um, the good advice of having cash flow. Even if you can jump down to part-time, and let your boss know that you're pursuing a entrepreneurial career. And if it's okay, can you jump down a part-time? Um, that way you're not risking potentially mixing your business and their business. And if they're dicks about it, they'll fire you and whatever. It's fine. Oh, my dad's in here. He says, it's all about the gummies. That's fair. And so uh, I watched Chris Russell, Practical Printing. Um, right? Yes. Uh, I always get Chris Russell and Chris Riley mixed up, but it's Chris Russell. Unbox the XL, and it comes with a huge thing of giant gummies. I am so excited for that. So excited. It's all about the gummies. That's right. Um, it's all about the gummies. But uh, capital, man. Capital is such a big freaking deal. If you don't have enough money to basically say, I can live off my savings for the next... 12 to 36 months and not have any income on my business 
then you're probably not ready to do it. It is often that people will still have some form of a day job and they'll have their eight to five and then their five to eight, right? So things like if you have a business making custom stuff for people and maybe you sell it at farmer's markets, right? So when you get home from your day job, you fire up your printers, you turn and burn over jobs that uh, were good, but aren't, you know, that, that are done that you need to put new, new pieces on. You're firing up your print farm for whatever reasons it may be. When you then go on the weekends to sell it, you're not working for your day job. You're now making extra income, but only when you're able to sustain yourself. And I would say end up quitting a day job, looking at maybe six to 12 months of runway consistently. Right. So if you've built this business on the side that is consistently being able to keep you surviving for six to 12 months, it might not be a bad thing to say, hey, I'm actually going to be pursuing my entrepreneurial side gig thing full time. I would love to, you know, have an opportunity if things don't work out to maybe come back and do this thing again with you guys. But I really enjoy working for myself and it's something that I'd like to pursue. Most smaller businesses will greatly, one, appreciate that you're doing that kind of thing. Two, they might even give you advice. But three, potentially say, hey, things don't work out. You know where to find us, right? If you leave on good terms, then you can do that kind of thing and come back. But it's not always a thing, so be careful. When we look at that cash flow, though, right? Mars Gizmo. Oh, crap. Am I dropping frames? I'm dropping frames. Shit. God bless. You know, at some point, I'm just going to tell everybody to tweet at Spectrum and tag us in it about these problems. Nope, we're down again. Oh my gosh. It is so frustrating from my perspective to do this kind of thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I have no control over it. If you feel compelled, tweet at Spectrum, tag us in it, and tell them they should come and fix my problem. Because at this point, I'm just tired and I'm ready to use, you know, the community that's here and weaponize them. Uh, so, sorry. Um, sorry. I get so frustrated when this stuff happens because it's, like, out of my control. And when I look at our frames, we've dropped 1.6% of all the frames that we've sent to YouTube. <sighs> And I'm, by the way, I'm only trying to push 3,500 kilobits per second on a 20 megabit connection. So it's not even like I'm overloading my connection. No, I'm just dropping frames. Welcome to my life. I'm going to get back on topic now. Uh, but I have to now keep, I have to now keep uh, command prompt open doing a ping to Google so I can see when I drop packets so I can stop talking and wait for the stream to pop up. When... When it comes back, do you guys get the pause of me waiting for the stream to come back or me getting upset? Or does it just kind of pick up randomly? That I've always been curious about. Do you get to see everything or is it just a buffer thing and then you lose some time? Let me know in the comments. Um, but yeah, insufficient capital is kind of a big deal. And if you don't have the cash, don't start the business. Oh, okay. We've got a $20 super chat. 
from Cordell Roberts saying, hashtag Prusamark for fun. Please keep up the good work from at Ken Cord on Discord. You're in our Discord, aren't you? I think, oh, okay, cat. Are you excited too? Are you going to go thank at Ken Cord personally? I, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye, cat. Um, uh, it, it, at, yeah, okay, it is. Okay, Ken is in our Discord. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I want to make sure it's one of our Discord members. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> sometimes lost, sometimes a torrent of Florida man rage. <laughs> but you guys are here for that, right? Like half of you are here because you, you, you enjoy, you enjoy my suffering as crude as that is. Thank you, Ken. Or I guess Cordell. Thank you very much for. Uh, the $20 is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Um, insufficient capital. Talking about insufficient capital. The cat is so excited she had to go away. Uh, but yeah, insufficient capital is a big deal, right? It's probably, it is the one that I see fail most startups that don't catch all the other problems, right? They close because they run out of money. They don't close because their management sucks. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have a target market. They close because they run out of money. And it's a much easier thing to say, oh, we ran out of money than to say, yeah, you know, we really didn't know our market. We kind of jumped into this one uh, foot first or head first, I guess would be the right terminology to use there. And we just kind of sent it. Um, yeah, a little bit odd there, but you see often that startups will fail because they run out of cash. The real reason, probably something a little bit different, but a lot of times they're telling you that they failed because they ran out of money. Lack of differentiation, right? When you look around you, you might think, well, there's, there's not a lot of 3d printing businesses that do what I do. So I should be fine. Well, maybe, Right? As a service bureau, 3D Musketeers is the 3D printing service bureau. For those that don't know, hi, I've ran a service bureau now for seven years. We have 45 3D printers and we make stuff, right? It doesn't matter what, but we make stuff, right? We just delivered parts to Noah, the Hurricane Hunters. So cool. I am excited. I get to do a site visit relatively soon. I am so excited to go play around in C-130s and learn more about how we can utilize 3D printing to help them prototype and then eventually end use production components. That to me is really what 3D printing is all about. And then a week uh, uh, on Friday. So on Friday, although if you're listening to this audio only, I will have already visited and came back. I will be in Austin, Texas. So if any if any of you are in Austin, Texas and want to get together, I'll be there Friday and Saturday. I am working most of Friday afternoon. Going to be scanning the U.S. women's soccer team. And yes, we will do a travel vlog for that. I'm traveling solo, though. Uh, Amber is not going with me, so might be a little bit weird to have, you know, a bunch of selfie stuff, but I have no shame anymore in public, so I'm just going to go for it. We're going to try to go visit Icon, a concrete 3D printing company. They have not gotten back to me, so I'm just going to Uber over there and see if they, uh, are, are, are open, because, you know, why not? Uh, anyways, lack of differentiation, right? People ask us all the time, who do you work for? And... Well, the times have changed for us. We used to have a very well-defined target market. It, I'm not going to talk about it on camera because it just basically sets us up for you know competition pretty much instantly. But we are moving 
into different markets now. So we're seeing that some of our older markets that we've played in are hitting or they're getting hit hard by the change of times, right? The economy going down, people aren't spending money in certain places anymore. Now that human malware, while not particularly under control, is not as big of a problem as it once was. We're not seeing tens of thousands of people die from it daily in the state of Florida. So we work with a medical company and they're seeing their sales drop off too. Now they sell x-ray machines. So, you know, they go from one sale a week to one sale a month. It's still a $2 million product. Um, and they, they, they cut me on my price. I don't, I don't know. They're easy to work with, but they don't always pay the best. <laughs> Love you guys, but you, you guys really don't like paying me what I'm worth. But, you know, whatever. I have all the cat. It's just go over to the printer and click print. Although I think that their latest order, I think I have an inventory. I'm just going to ship it out. But we're now looking into industries where we know they're going to grow, where they've got a capital flow of one method or another, right? They've got cash flow coming in that unless some donors change and or die and the estate chooses not to continue, um, they, they, they've got they've got cash flow. It's there. It exists. So in pretty much they've got the money to pay us. Um, and I'm excited for that because it's going to be a lot of really fun 3D scanning. And I am eyeing an Artec Leo and I really want to buy it. But it's a lot of money. It's it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, but I, 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 I might do it. I might do it and sell some of the other scanners that we have. Um, I, I, I might be making a pretty ridiculous shift in our scanners. Move away from the uh, Eva. Move into a Leo. Because Leo is nice. doesn't need a, a uh, computer. It's just all handheld. No computer or anything like that. It's all built into it which is so nice so nice <laughs> but yeah you you need to be different to attract customers and even if your differentiation is you have better photos look at etsy right look at etsy and all the people on etsy that are selling the same thing we've talked about this before that a lot of times being the fastest is enough differentiation for you to get the sales right but if you're selling the same thing at the same price, at the same shipping speed and all that of everybody else around you, chances are you all are splitting the same slice of pie and it's not enough for any of you to do this full time. And you'll often see shops on Etsy that do 3D printing as a business have tons of different things that you can buy. They're differentiating. The thing is, you don't want your differentiation to look more like a shotgun. You want it to be more like a sniper rifle. You want one shot, one kill, you know, may maybe a double kill or triple kill collateral, right? You don't want to just pump birdshot out and see what falls out of the sky. Uh, birdshot being very, very tiny pellets that are shot out of shotguns, for those that don't know, and there's maybe a couple hundred of them per round versus a singular bullet going after a singular target. While in the beginning, you might choose to shotgun a person. Come back, waiting for my internet to come back. Are we good? Are we good? I think we're good. Looks like we're leveling out. Okay, we're good again. Beautiful. I hate this. I hate this so much. 
They just ran a brand new line. I still have this problem. Still have this problem. Oh, I'm going down again. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I have no control over this. I'm just going to keep going. And uh, unfortunately, there's not much that I can do. I, I The more... The more this throws me off, the longer this thing is going to take and the worse it's going to get. So I really don't have a choice. Um, lost you with the birdshot analogy. Thank you. Yeah, if I drop, somebody just tag me in a comment and tell me where I dropped at. I can kind of rewind myself and go over again. Um, Supercaro says it's her fault. Their dog farted and I froze. That happens. It happens. But yeah, it, the the shotgun thing where the bird shot just a bunch of small BBs going after a bird, right? Well, you're going to throw a lot of them into the sky to hit it versus a one-shot method, right? As Chris Catlett says, the focused market versus the spray and pray. We don't want to see people playing the spray and pray method for business, but makers can often do it. I'm looking at you, makers. The spray and pray method is not a good method to run your business. You need to find a target market that you understand because otherwise you're going to find yourself trying to be everything for everybody. And when you are trying to be everything, you will end up being nothing. You don't want to do that. And when you look at differentiation, adaptation comes along as well. If you don't adapt, right, be able to roll with those punches, then you don't have a chance of surviving. When human malware hit, the entire world was forced overnight to adapt. It's not good. That's why a lot of things kind of collapsed. Because nobody really knew what was going on. And we just knew that things weren't right. We didn't have a great plan. And therefore, we had to come up with one. And that's why you saw conflicting information all the time. Nobody knew what to do. They were trying everything they could. And with Amber being on the front line, I, mean, I, I witnessed this. It's like, we don't, we're just trying. I don't know. We don't want people to die. But businesses were also forced, right? We saw the calling and instantly when the bands, uh, when the curfews went out, we applied and received a special designation because we were producing PPE. That is how we made it through. We didn't sell it. We gave it all away. And our entire staff that was local volunteered their time to allow us to run as close to 24-7 as we could to produce PPE that we could donate to local areas. As part of the effort here in Tampa Bay, we assisted in over 15,000 pieces of PPE being delivered to local area first responders, medical professionals, and that kind of thing. And we stopped only because... Uh, our production facility down in Bradenton was able to cut a mold and get 10,000 pieces a day. Didn't make sense anymore. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, we were able to adapt. But that adaptation is almost too easy 
as a maker business, right? Oh, this market's not buying anymore. Let's go this way. Let's it's the maker business is ADHD personified as a business. That's what it is. I'm sorry. It's what it is, or at least it, what it looks like from my perspective, right? It's like, oh, these people are really giving us a lot of money. Why don't we look at working with them, right? Or working with their industry. It is a commonplace that we do that kind of thing because, well, it feels natural. Like I'm getting money from here. Why don't I keep pumping extra effort into getting more money from it? Clearly they want it. What you might find it's one company that wants to work with you. And it's not, you know, it's not everybody in that industry it's just one or two sorry i got something in my eye i was outside working with spectrum and i probably got some dirt in my eye because it's really windy today but yeah uh adaptation you have to be able to adapt to the ebb and flow of a market because if you don't you will eventually at some point become obsolete and we don't want that, right? Becoming obsolete as a maker business should never happen. But becoming obsolete is a complete and utter possibility. And nobody wants to find themselves sitting there with a bunch of inventory. And if you don't think that that'll ever be a thing, if you look at following the trends, right? Failure to adapt. Everybody remember the fidget spinner days? It's probably one of those best business cases that I have for us as a business because fidget spinners made us over $9,000 and we were able to change pretty much instantly when we needed to. Fidget spinners got really big, right? And companies that wanted to sell them now had to place orders from China, wait for them to come in, and then put them on store shelves to sell. That is three weeks. If your Toys R Us, it's two weeks. For us, it was 48 hours to order 608 ball bearings from Amazon, get them delivered, design and 3D print frames, and get selling them. To the point that every Toys R Us, I know I'm dating myself, Toys R Us RIP, um, but every Toys R Us in the area were sending people to us. We had lines out the door for these little 3D printed fidget spinners. We could sell them for whatever we wanted because we were the only ones that were doing it. Because everybody else had to wait for inventory. But even further, when we saw the sales start to go down, we slowed down our order of ball bearings. But when the orders completely died, I was left with like, I think two dozen 608 ball bearings. I've used like half of them. They're useful in all these different places. But there are companies that still to this day have fidget spinners on their store shelves that nobody buys because it was a fad and they got stuck with inventory that they can't turn. As a maker business, you should never have that problem ever because you have the capabilities of making whatever you want, whatever you want. inefficient or ineffective marketing. It is something that we struggle with. I know the 25,000 subscriber YouTube channel. I, oh, by the way, thanks for 25,000 subscribers. Um, we did almost two weeks solid or no, almost a full week. I don't know. We did 1.2 million views in March. Um, and we saw 10,000 subscribers come to us during March, which is just 
nutter butters to me that that's even a thing that uh, that many people want to listen to my voice it, it's just it, it's weird i don't know you guys are cool but it just it feels odd right I, I don't feel like i'm anything special because i'm not i'm just like the rest of you i like making cool stuff and then my, my dad my next my dad makes like my, my dad likes making cool stuff too by the way he'll be on father's day episode coming up here in uh the next couple of months so stay tuned for that if you want to especially all the people that are new meet my dad because he he's done these every father's day so for the past this will be year three um my dad comes on for father's day and i i am getting i am locking my mom in for mother's day it's happening we're doing it mom will be on for mother's day um but yeah ineffective marketing man also yeah chris catlin nutter butters are amazing one of the best uh little sandwich cookies 100 percent like them better than Oreos. I don't mind Oreos, but Oreos, the entire bag just disappears. I open a bag and it's gone. I don't know where and my and I am just covered in black cookie dust, but the bag just evaporated. I I, I think I think what happens is that um Thanos snaps half the cookies out of the box. I'm fairly certain that's what happens. Uh my waistline seems to disagree with that, but we're not we're not calling myself we're not calling myself out today. Uh Matt guy says what a uh do 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 I gotta find my show notes because I clicked away from it. Show notes. And show notes. Beautiful. Okay. Sorry. This is ADHD live. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're still dropping frames. We've dropped over three percent of all the packets. Over three effing percent. God bless America. This is ridiculous. You know, at the end of the stream, we should just call Spectrum. If you are a Patreon member in our Discord, or you want to listen to me call spectrum live that is what i'm going to do as soon as this stream is over as soon as we're done streaming i'm going to call spectrum live in our discord and we are going to tell them that this is now the seventh set of texts that has been out to my house the fifth in the past 30 days and we still don't have a resolution and i'm pissed have i tried tea tree oil beautiful I should send them the live stream link. Can somebody um, reply to the tweet that I sent out earlier with the packets and say, if you would like to see the problems he's having, just join the stream and watch yourselves. Somebody can do that. I'm, I don't, I don't want to do that. But we're going to call them live because I'm done with this crap. Uh, I'm just not going to do it here. I'm going to do it in our Discord where the degenerates hang out. Uh, but yes, we'll do it as a conference call. Um, anyways... Let's talk about poor customer service. I'm going to move past ineffective marketing. We're going to come back to and talk about poor customer service. You know when you have an appointment scheduled for between 10 and 11 and they call you at 11.15 to say the tech is late and on their way? I know the tech is late. They didn't show up in the hour that I had to wait for them to get here. That's poor customer service. If you're going to book me between 10 and 11, then send somebody out between 10 and 11, not 11.15. I'm sorry. I'm very frustrated because I pay almost $100 a month for this bullshit. 
and it is not acceptable whatsoever. I'm going to go back to ineffective marketing because honestly, I should stay on topic and not just rant. And I know you guys like the rants, but I'm sorry. I have a list of things I need to cover and I need to cover them before we're done. So ineffective marketing. If you don't really go after that right target audience, you're not going to really understand what that looks like. So having the right marketing involves knowing your target, right? Understanding what that looks like, who they are, what they are, where they live, what they do, how they spend their money. Are they married? Do they have kids? The further you can get, in understanding who your target audience is, the better you can push marketing them. We hear all the time about drip campaigns. That's the idea of email marketing, but very slowly adding water to a bucket until the bucket overflows, then you end up buying. This is called a drip campaign. And you're slowly dripping in that information. With email marketing, it takes between seven and 15 generally times that you reach a client for them to go ahead and pull the trigger. And that is frustrating because obviously you have to spend a bunch of money to get a sale, but you do kind of have to deal with it, right? It's why as 3DM, we don't do any paid advertising. Technically, we kind of do because we have this entire YouTube channel and everything that it brings and comes with, but I will tell you, we don't get a ton of business from the YouTube channel. Yes, of course, we've got people that, you know, subscribe to the Patreon, YouTube channel members, PayPal, and all of that, but beyond, we don't get a ton of business from the YouTube channel itself. We are hoping to change that as we push more into professional topics, right? Last week's podcast episode shows me that you guys actually like listening to hardcore professional stuff. So we're going to do more of that, which is awesome. And I'm excited, but it is something that we need to better understand, um, as a business, what that can look like, because if you have really effective marketing, it can also hurt your business. If you grow too quickly, right? And we'll get to this a little bit further down, but if you grow too quickly, you can cause failures, right? I know everybody comes here for me to be pissed off at Bamboo Lab. So far, it's okay. I'm having issues with first layers peeling, but that's on a wham bam plate, so I might have to try a different plate and see maybe I just have to re-scuff up my plate or something. I don't know. That's another problem for another day, but it did some pretty decent prints. Uh, in fact, do I have the failures that it had? No. I don't have those handy. Uh, we had a couple of print failures on it. I'm not exactly certain what caused them, but we had some issues. But it's been looking okay. But I had that first printer that was a lemon. And uh, that is all QA and QC. Bamboo has grown so fast that they can't keep up with demand. And what is happening is things are starting to slip of, you know, what they're doing and how they're handling it. Right? Um, oh, and I guess people are telling me that I should have had a cheese grater or something to zest the printed lemon. That would have been funny. Instead of trying to squeeze it, that would have been funny. Um, 
that video was completely slapsticky, and I just went out there and said, I know the idea of what I want to do, but I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And uh, thankfully, you guys have enjoyed it. So I, I, I do hope you enjoyed our April Fool's special, if you will. But yeah, sometimes your marketing can be too effective, right? Poor customer service. Let's talk about that. If you don't answer, if you have a phone number and you don't answer your phone, don't have a phone number. Just don't have a phone number. There's no point. If you're not going to answer the phone, don't have a phone number. Um, Google. So we use Google Voice. If you have a small business and you want a telephone, Google Voice is amazing. It is totally free and you connect it to a Gmail account that you set up for your business. If you have Google Workspace, you have dedicated numbers for each Gmail account. Uh, but even if you don't, it's still a thing. You're you're able to, um, you know, actively be able to... Uh, sorry, I'm watching Packet Drop and it's completely messing with me. We have dropped 4,468 frames, which is 2.5% of all the frames that we've sent to this stream. And it's just, it upsets me. Don't forget to like the stream for me getting completely off topic as usual. But, um, you know, Google keeps track of the phone calls. So when people click the call now button and we don't answer it, Google docks us. So when you call the company, the phone rings and I try to answer it. If I can't answer it, I call back normally within three or four hours. That, that, that's, that's my window. If I can't call back within four hours, I will you know, mark us as closed for that day uh, because I don't want people calling us if I can't answer the phone or at least get back to them in a reasonable amount of time. There's Mike. Never let the machines win. Everybody like that smash button and show your support for the channel. Thank you, Mike. You, I see you in all these different streams doing the same thing. Mike is a hype man. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all. Mad Cat, same deal. 45 watching, 17 likes. Hit that like button, folks. And I get it. You hate when content creators say it. But guess what? When people interact with the channel, they interact by clicking the like button. They hang out in the stream. They talk with me. Whatever. That is tells YouTube, hey, we should send this to more people. We should, you know, serve it out to more people so more people can see the stream. So if you want to see us do crazier projects, like the videos. If you want to see us do crazier videos, share the videos. Subscribe to the Patreon, whatever. Um, we are currently, the big project right now, the Discord knows about it. We are looking at how to expand the company, but we want to do it as close to carbon negative as we can do. Um, I am excited for that. We've been talking about it in the Discord. So uh, if you want to follow that, you can. Uh, it might involve military trucks at some point, which would be really cool. Uh, but for right now, it's not going to involve a military truck. It might in the future, and I'm excited if, it, if I can get it to. Uh, but right now, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, don't be a dick right? Poor customer service. It's real simple. Don't be it where they can shove it and how. You want to tell them to go away. Oh, we're dropping frames again. Hooray. Ah! You're going to want to tell them all these different things about how they're terrible and there's nothing that you want to do other than to see them leave your business. Maybe you want to put a pebble in their shoes. That's not a good way to get good business. If you look at our Google reviews, we have over 55-star Google reviews. And if you have done business with us and you like us, leave a leave a Google review. Uh, that came through as dick, dick, dick. Well, enjoy. 
Don't be a dick. Simple. Be nice to people. Right? Don't be the Karen behind the computer or the Karen on the phone. Don't be that person. Nobody likes that person. So be nice. You don't want to be rude over emails. It is why... <laughs> don't be a dick. Be a dick. <laughs> oh, packet drop. Um, Sun Turtle Camera says I'm writing an email to that Spectrum company. Now, I'm sure they're going to care and read your email. They're a multi-million dollar company that has seen uh, rising profits while I am struggling to have a freaking live stream. 2.8% of the frames that we have sent have failed. 5,455 5, 5, frames have failed to send because of our internet. By the way, I have a brand new line from the tap at the telephone pole all the way to my modem. Brand new tap. But this does tell me that I should not be uploading the YouTube video to audio only i should be uploading the uh recording from obs so at least there's that so something to note i guess uh, uh ben cox says i don't get up at 2 45 a.m on a monday for just anyone oh god why would you do you get up at 2 45 on a monday to listen to me i don't even want to listen to me at 2 45 on a monday I mean, God bless you, but no, I don't want to do that. I mean, thank you for, for coming and showing up. I greatly appreciate it, but I don't even want to do that. I don't want to hear myself talk at 3 a.m. Well, thank you for hanging out. Uh, Mac says it sounds like throttling. It's not. We're just randomly dropping packets. And we shouldn't be throttled when we're sending up three and a half kilobits per second. It, it's not... It, 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 it's not like I'm pumping out a hundred megabit per second stream, right? It's 3.5 megabits per second. It's not even a ton. Um, anyways. So yeah, be nice. Be nice to people. Economic factors, right? Economic downturns can really hurt a business. Right now, I'm not really looking to tell people to start their maker businesses. The economy is in a lot of odd flux right now. And there are some things happening overseas that make me a little uncomfortable to tell people, go quit your day job and risk it for the biscuit. I get it. You have to take some risks before you can end up succeeding. But right now, I don't think is that time to do it. Save your pennies. Keep your day job. Have some side, you know, have a side gig, um, make some beer money, whatever it is, you know, look, make a small business that you use to pay for date night, that you use to pay for more filament and more filament and more printers, right? Because if you're pricing yourself accordingly, you should be able to buy at least five rolls of filament for every run, for every one roll of filament that you sell of printed parts. And I know you might say, Grant, your prices are too high. I don't give a shit. Your prices are too low. And if you think that you can have a successful business at less than five times cost, you're out of your mind. Not in this industry. Because your expenses, especially your time, are way more valuable than you think. And when I spent three hours cleaning parts for, for Noah... And I realized that I only charged them $500 for prints that I did in f in 72 hours. I realized I woefully undercharged them. It is what it is. 
but they know that they appreciated it and they know the next one's going to be a little bit more expensive. First one is kind of on the house. The next one is going to cost you, but that's okay. I made a little mistake because I didn't realize how much support material their parts were going to need. And you know what? I paid the price. It happens. Competition for maker businesses. Honestly, there's, you're not going to run into this all that often. You're just not, um, you might have people that do similar stuff to you, but ultimately you are able to differentiate relatively easily in a way that is meaningful and not all that destructive. Um, so, you know, if there are people close to you that do similar businesses, go talk to them and say, Hey, I'm starting up a new business, uh, doing very similar stuff, but I don't want to compete with you directly. Do you mind if we sit down and make sure that we're not going to compete over the same slice of pie? It's a, I mean, it's a natural thing for me because I don't really want everybody to be competing with each other, right? There's enough pie out here for everyone to get a slice. And other than the aerospace market, but I live in the high-tech corridor of Florida right off of the I-4 area. So we have a lot of aerospace companies out here. There's enough aerospace to go around as well. So we can all compete in that. But realistically, you know, when you look at, bigger markets. I don't want to be competing directly with somebody over a market that maybe only has five or six customers, right? Because then we have to split it between us and they're not good enough for anybody. So anyways, economic factors can, oh, we're going to talk about economic competition, right? Why fight over the same slice? And especially someone that's been doing it longer. We had someone locally that called me and said, I want to start up a business to compete with you. Can you help me? I said, no, I'm not going to help you. Well, why? Competition is good for the industry. I said, but why, why would I directly help you to hurt my business? That doesn't make sense. They were very adamant that it is only good for the both of us. I said, it only really sounds like it's good for you. But realistically, I can just advertise against your company and shut you down pretty fast if I wanted to. But I can ignore this phone call, pretend it didn't exist, and wish you the best, and say, stay off my lawn, pretty much. And uh, they were not very happy with that. And I said, hey... If you think you can if you think you can compete with the big boys on anything other than price, I wish you the best. My prices are set in such a way that I actually value my time. And if you try to undercut me by any meaningful value, you're going to find that you're working for free. No one wants to do that. Supply chain and scaling. Well, hold on. Go back to competition. Blue Ocean, right? There's very few other ships in there or no ships in there, which gives you the ability to walk into a market that is undersaturated and be able to get them, right? Find them, talk with them, work with them, obtain them. The nice thing is when it comes to a business, a lot of the times once they get a vendor, they don't really look around for anything else because there's not generally a need for it. They've got a good relationship and they can talk with somebody directly. If you are in our Discord 
after, well, I was going to do this after, but after the call to Spectrum, as soon as the stream is over, we're going to talk all about business. We have a couple of the members of our Discord that are actually looking to start their own side gigs, and they want to learn more about this in depth. I said, I will happily jump on, talk with you guys in the voice channel of our Discord, just hanging out and talking more about your specific businesses, what you can do, and how to make them successful. Because it is really scary. You might just say, oh, well, I can figure out this business thing. You can't. Well, you can. It's just going to cost you a lot of money and take a lot of time. It is always good to have a mentor or someone that you can help, that you can ask for help. Um, the individual asked for help. I don't want to name anybody. Um, they're in the chat, but I don't want to name them. Um, they said, I'm thinking of starting a business. I said, well, do you want any help? They said, well, you, sure. I said, all right. After the stream, we'll hang out. But I don't consider them competition, right? If they were up the road from me, eh, I'm going to help them a little bit differently than I will help. This person doesn't even live in the same country as me. So I, I don't care, right? Geographically, they're not going to compete in Florida. They don't care. They want to deal with their local areas instead. Now, we've got a Patreon member who's local enough that he's been to my house and seen the craziness that's in here. Um, dropped off a printer that we're going to do a video on soon, TM. Um, and he does a market that I don't touch. He likes to go to farmer's markets and sell there, but he found that there was somebody else selling there as well. He sells for relatively cheap, which I think is a little too, too affordable. Honestly, I think he should be higher priced, but he's being, he prints with all bamboo and he's a great experience with them. So it is, I'm not talking about you, Mike, but I mean, at this point, I should probably just give you a link to our discord if you are into that kind of thing. Um, you know, I hook people up that, that, that help us out, but, uh, yeah, don't be the, you know, look, don't just compete on price. That's really all that I need to say there. If you're in a crowded or oversaturated market, stay away. It's bad news bears. We then have to deal with supply chain. Supply chain is interesting for those of you that live near a micro center you don't have to go through the same thing that I do because micro center becomes your inventory. You don't have to go through all of this anymore because you can just walk into a micro center and get whatever you need. Might it be the color you want? Maybe not. So if you get a lot of orders of black parts, keep five or six spools of black in inventory, but otherwise you can just go into a micro center. It is a 15 hour round trip drive for me to go to a micro center, which I've, can't say I've not ever done before. Um, oh, I forgot to do my tweet that we were live now. Oops. That sucks. Uh, oh, well. Is what it is. Oh, I'm getting tagged in a bunch of tweets. What a surprise. <laughs> I just looked at my Twitter. <laughs> you guys are monsters. And I... Uh... So great. So great. But yeah, micro center is a great way. If you have one reasonably close to you that you can play the supply chain game. Toyota is famous for just in time inventory. Just in time inventory means they get it just in time. They don't maintain a large inventory. They'll maintain a minimum inventory and it is replenished on a routine basis. This completely falls apart and fails when 
you have entire shipping lines get shut down. The world shuts down for eight months. You now no longer have ability to get product. Um, as Elizabeth Neiman is saying, start looking for local filament manufacturers. Absolutely. We have a couple here in Florida, but I really like printed solid. And them being in Delaware means it's not really going to ever be a problem. And I have over 200 kilos unopened in inventory. I have a problem. Is there a Filament Anonymous? Can we start? God, that'd be a great name for a podcast. Filaments Anonymous. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. Hold on. Because <laughs> I think that'd be a really cool name for a podcast. And uh, I've, I've wanted to start a different podcast all um, that are all live call-ins and that kind of thing. Uh, so Filament Anonymous, that that's a great name for a podcast. F.A. Anonymous. <laughs> ah, yes, Courtney should Courtney should be involved, but no shaming. God, I don't shame Courtney for her filament. I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of her organization. If you don't know who we're talking about, Courtney is the mad lad behind Filament Stories. Go to youtube.com slash Filament Stories. Go subscribe. Go take a look at what Courtney is doing, and it's pretty great. 3D Medic Vince says, hello, my name is Vince, and I have a filament addiction. Great. Or Joe the Filament Librarian, both of which are previous podcast guests. But yeah, supply chain can bite you in the ass. If you buy your filament from overseas, you normally are buying by the container, Right. Because there's really no good way to buy it otherwise that isn't, like, really, really, really expensive. So, me, I'd rather pay more money, get it locally here in the States, get it local to you. I mean, if you're in Canada, Sparta 3D is an option. Um, I have not had great luck with their filament, but I guess that could also be down to shipping it to Florida. I have no clue. Um... Geek Toy Box Dom says, I totally didn't come home from Maker Fair with six spools I didn't need. Look, I'm packing for the Rocky Mountain Rep Rap Fest, and I have an entire empty suitcase that I am bringing. An entire empty suitcase that I intend to fill before I come home. So, you know, that's a thing. But dude, yeah, su supply chain can really bite you. As a maker... Right, we tend to keep inventory. Like I know that we get lots of orders of black and gray parts. I have over ten kilos of both in stock. It works. I love it because as I use it, I have to then go through and replenish it. As we get down to five kilos, I'll reorder. It makes sense. It's simple. Dom says, I'm flying with two free bags with two people. Neither of us need more than one. That is correct. Same deal. Flying Southwest. Pricing. Pricing. You're too cheap. Raise your prices. I don't care. Raise your prices. I don't care what you're telling me. Raise your prices. I know you're going to get mad at me, but Grant, I don't want to raise my prices. I don't care. You're too cheap. Raise your prices. I'm sorry. Those of you that are selling for double cost saying, well, I can buy a whole nother roll of filament. You're too cheap. Raise your prices. On the business to business side, if I can't add a zero to what the filament cost me when I sell it, 
I'm not happy. If I can't add two zeros, I'm looking at how I can. When you look at doing big business parts, you want to spend and charge big business money. Ultimately, you need to look at what it takes to make more money. If you want to turn this side gig into a business and not have it fail, you need to make sure you're covering all of your expenses. And that means paying yourself. I know, says the guy that hasn't paid himself. I have a lot more expenses than most of your businesses do. We run almost $3,000 a month and we don't have a physical location, okay, of just expenses that the company runs because of staffing, YouTube channel, all that other stuff that we have about three grand a month. So I got to sell to make up for that. Those of you that are just starting out might not have that problem. Things like you can take tax deductions. If you, if you own your house or you rent an apartment or whatever, and you're able to put your business in a room that is not your bedroom and it has a door in it. It has to be, be able to be segmented from the rest of the house. You can write off that square footage against your mortgage in the United States, against your rent, as a business expense. There are ways to play the game that you can't necessarily do when you're my size, but it's fine. But when you say, well, Grant, I've got enough money. I can do all of these things. I'm fine. I'm sure you are, but that doesn't mean that you should lower your prices to get more business. If a company is looking at who can do it for the least, it's not the kind of company that you want to work with. It's just not. NLTMW Mike Never Let the Machines Win says, How do you contain your home business to just one room? I never said contain it to just one room. I said the rooms must have doors. So if you put like, I have some inventory in my living room, I can't write that off. And my office doesn't have a door in it. So I can't write that off either. It sucks. I kind of want to put a door in here just to deal with that problem. But my air handlers for the entire house is in here. So it can't have a door. Problems. Welcome to Florida. Um, but yeah, there are situations where you can do things like that. Um, a YouTube channel depends. Like, I can't edit, so it doesn't work for me. Zerna asks, does a bead door count? Well, the curtains that I have up don't, so I can't imagine. Uh, it can be an open door, uh, but it there, the door couldn't open. Um, yeah, it would have to open outward, and it would, yeah, it, it would be weird. Anyways, um, install a pocket door. I don't have space to do that, unfortunately. The walls are the thickness of the studs. And drywall. There's there's no room for a pocket door, unfortunately. That'd be cool, though. Be really dope. Um, but yeah, right? You want this to eventually pay for your mortgage. And if all of your customers are bitching about your price, they might be consumers. And you might be needing to look for a different market. If you're playing in the business realm and they're complaining about your price, ask why. Ask why they're having an issue with the price. Say, well, this guy's giving it to me for less. Well, I'm giving it to you faster. I'm an expert in what I do. If you are an expert, don't fake being an expert unless you are really up there. And honestly, 
I don't like using the term expert, but you kind of need to, right? I've been doing this for 15 years. I'm basically an expert in what I do. But I believe that someone that calls himself an expert is not an expert. Somebody that says, well, I'm not an expert. I'm always learning. So that means I'm not an expert. Those are really kind of the true experts, the ones that are always under this guise of getting smarter every day. Shout out to the awesome YouTube channel, Smarter Every Day. If all you're going to do is race to the bottom for pricing, that's how we get more ANET A8s. Don't be the ANET A8 in your area of 3D printing. It doesn't end well. It ends in house fires, right? And don't be afraid if you don't know what you're doing. There are amazing resources likely local to you. Things including entrepreneur centers, uh, uh, maker spaces where you could look at, you know, adding capacity by utilizing machines there when you need to. Um, we have economic development councils here in Pasco County, and I'm actually the entrepreneur in residence for the central Pasco location. So I get an office in exchange for helping out businesses start, grow, and eventually launch outside of this incubator. Be careful with the term incubator. Things like Y Combinator and places like that will actually require you to not only have investment, but they'll also take a percentage of your business because the goal of those places is to have you build a business that you can exit. If you're not really looking to exit your business right now, that's fine. You don't have to be, but understand that if you don't want to do it for the rest of your life, you do need to build your business in a certain way that makes it so it can be an exit strategy so that you are able to really pass it on to somebody else that can take it over for you when you may not be available. It might feel weird to give up that baby of your business at some point, but honestly, you will have to. Whether it's now or later, at some point, it is kind of time. Looking at this idea of getting paid on time, a lot of businesses will say things like, oh, we'll pay you net 30. Net 30 means you deliver the parts, 30 days later you get paid. Uh, one of my medical device companies pays me net 20. They wanted net 30, I wanted net 15. We settled it net 20. <laughs> they pay me net 20. No big deal. But I have to account for that because if they place a $10,000 order, I now have to front all of that capital for an extra basically a month. And a lot of times goes over a month. So I have to look at how that affects my finances and cash flow for the business. When you are just starting out, you really want to get paid up front. The, you will find these inventors that'll come out of the woodwork and say, well, if you do all the work, you know, for free, I'll cut you in. Stay away from those people. They're not good for your business unless they really, truly know what they're doing, have an experience of doing this, have patents and all of that here. It's not fun. And as Mike says, around here, net 30 realistically means net 60 or net 90. What we found is if we offer a 2 to 3% discount for companies that are new, that want terms, to pay in five days versus 30, I get that payment in five days. And I can account for that discount by just artificially increasing my price to accommodate it. 
Bingo. That is, that's the way you do it. You might think, well, that's unethical. I don't care. It's how business works. If I know that I have to float expenses of staff, machines, materials, my time, and expenses all on top of that, and the only way for me to get you to pay on time is to give you a discount, I'm artificially raising your rate so that I don't have this problem. As Mike says, you can do one-third up front, one-third at a milestone, one-third of delivery. That is called progress payment, progress delivery. I like that, but I always, we've been burned enough times the progress payment that I don't offer it anymore. We will offer 50% up front and then 50%, the last 50% before we ship. We will never send parts without payment. It's just not a thing. Um... I get burned way too often with that stuff. And like, to give you an idea, I've got a long-standing client. Guy's a really nice guy. He owes me 175 bucks. He never paid his last bill. I did the work for him. I never, I never got paid. I know the next time he calls me, I'm going to say, hey, about that open invoice that we have. He's going to say, what open invoice? So the invoice that I sent you that you never paid me. He's like, oh shit, I owe you money. I'm like, you do. Do you mind paying me? He's like, no problem. And he'll cover it right there. The guy's forgetful. He's also older and doesn't know technology very well. So I let that go. It's 175 bucks. If 175 bucks is what makes or breaks my business, you don't have a good business. You have a hobby, not a business. Um, Ronnie says, I'm not all that amounts of money. So upfront is only option. Simple as that. Yeah. For big jobs, though, so like if the job is over $1,000, most companies will not want to do all upfront. They will want to do some form of um, deposit or pay on delivery. And in that case, I do a contract every time because I need to make sure my ass is covered at the exact same time because it is not something that I want to be dealing with when a customer doesn't pay me because it's not my fault. It's their fault. So overextending, right? Looking at trying to do too much. Working 114 hours a week is not sustainable at all. I know it's not sustainable because I'm living that life. But we're at a point where I've got a lot of kind of irons and fires. I'm now, I started another company um, I cannot talk to you guys about it. Not right now. Um, at some point I will show you, but we got to have our products functioning before we talk about it. But I started another LLC and I have business partners for this one. So, you know, being able to understand what works and why and where is important. And as Mike says, learning to say no. A common business model, and it even rhymes, is if the money is there, I don't care. And when times get tough, you find yourself running back into that statement because it is very comfortable. It's easy. As a, you know, small business, I can make whatever I want for whomever I want. It's easy. But realistically, you got to play the 80-20 rule. And no, not the aluminum extrusion. It is 20% of people will take up 80% of your time. You should be cutting at least half of them every single year to look 
at what makes more sense for your business, making you more money with less of your time. You only have 24 hours in a day. You have a finite amount of time that you can get work done. And if this is a side gig for you, often you're replying to tons of emails as soon as you get home. They're not going to see it until the next day. You have all this extra lag time that you add. It is complicated. Burning the candle from both ends is how a lot of people start businesses. And I'm not going to say it's not, you know, something that you can live with because you, you can eventually live with it. But it shouldn't be something that you have to do long term. It will start to wear on those around you. You will like to be able to deal with it better than you think, but you're going to be tired all the time. You're going to be frustrated all the time because you're working hard. And you're not making money. And if that's the case, it's time to reevaluate what you're doing. That's what I'm doing, right? We're not, I'm not cash flow positive enough to be able to just drop money on a Mark IV. I said, what the hell is going wrong? We got to figure it out. So we're figuring it out. That's what business mentors are for. Ben Cox says, I feel you. When you look at your effective hourly rate, it's depressing. Dude, get this. 2021. 2021, if we looked at my effective hourly rate, the more time I worked for the business, the worse it was. We lost money in 2021. So that means the more hours I worked, the less my time was actually worth. My time was worth negative money. That's not good. I am fixing that. We fixed it in 2022. 2023, we're fixing it as well. But we got to set goals, right? Like our goal of hitting 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year. It's going to happen. We're going to get there. We're at 25K in Q1. We will actually, if we can continue this same kind of growth, we'll get there hilariously, which is funny to me because uh, I honestly didn't think it was going to happen. But I think we can do it. I, I really do think we can. Ronnie says, during the human malware, I used to work for a government department related to human malware stuff. We worked 360 hours of overtime per month. I can say from experience, it's not doable over a long time. See, the difference is, though, you likely got extra pay for that overtime. Quite a bit of extra pay for that overtime. When you're working for yourself, overtime, that's, that's regular time, baby. Let's go. Right? Um, Sun Turtle Camper says you shouldn't buy more printers if your existing printers don't run 24-7. I completely disagree with you. In fact, I believe you should have enough printers so that you could that you only need to run 12 hours a day. You don't want to find yourself waking up in the middle of the night changing over prints. It will absolutely destroy your sleep schedule. If your 3D printers are running all the time, it's time to buy more. Okay? It's fine. Spend the money. Because if you're running that many printers that long, you should be making enough money to buy another printer. So if you have one printer running 24-7, you buy another one. Now you have two printers running 12. You buy another one, and you have three printers running eight. Wait a minute. Eight hours? That means I can come home from my day job, click print, do everything I need to do, go to bed, wake up, the prints are waiting for me, click print again, go to work, come home, the prints are waiting for me. 
I try to make it so no individual machine in our shop runs for more than 12 hours at a time because I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. When we do production runs, I like to do 16, well, I try to do 12, 16, or 28 hour jobs. Those specific numbers. 28 hours is great because it means you can start something early on in the morning. Let's say I wake up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, start the print. It'll be done around 10, 11 a.m. the next morning where I can start the print again. Then it will be done around 4 or 5 o'clock. Then it will be done around 8 to 9 o'clock, and then you end up losing some time overnight. But oh well. Right? Um, ben Cox says, I'm on the broken sleep cycle at the moment. I had banked on the XL in October. Buddy, kind of me too. Um, you don't see us running a lot of the printers behind me very often because honestly, we're not doing a ton of printing right now. We're doing a lot of design work. Hence why we've been trying to hire designers. Uh, but we're not doing a ton of printing, which is interesting. But I make more money on designing per hour than we do printing, so I'm fine with that. If you are waiting for an XL and are running all this where you're running ragged, you should be you should have made enough money by now to pay for even a Sovol SV06 or an SV06 Plus, which I've got my tracking number. It's on its way, but it's probably going to have to wait for two weeks to do the unboxing. I'm, I'm sorry because I, I won't be in town in a week. So, or I won't be in town in six days. I won't be in town that Saturday. We normally do our unboxing streams on Saturdays. Um, so, oh, that's right. You're in, you're in Australia. So it's a little bit different. Um, you, you were looking to buy a two month old Mark three S plus selling locally for 850 Australian dollar dues and a Mark four is 1500 brand new. Took too long to decide and missed it. There will be more. There will be more. Um, ben, are you? if you're not a Patreon member, send me an email. I'll connect you with one of our Patreon members who works for a pretty serious distribution company for 3D printing in Australia. I'll get you guys connected and see if there's something that, uh, you know, maybe they've got some sort of, you know, decent machine for low for low money that can help you move through. I believe the Silval SV06 is the right move for a business that will need to grow but doesn't have a ton of money to spend but if you're doing all this work 24 hours of printing over and over and over and over again and you only have the money for a Sovol sv06 you are too damn cheap raise your prices damn it it's tough because especially in countries like oh cool talk to the other australian in our discord I forget who people are. I'm sorry. DM him or 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 tag him in an off topic and talk to him about it because he's local-ish to you. You guys are in the same country, which and you guys have the same problem. He should be able to help you out, or at least point you in the right direction. So, yeah, I like helping people. This is what I do, right? Like, I want to help people. This is why this is why we started this channel. Want to help people? I like helping people. It's fun. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel like my day is not wasted. Uh, going to yell at Spectrum on the phone. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to yell at tech support people. I'm not going to do it. Remember, be nice to people. Chris Callis says local equals in the same country. Look, for Australia, honestly, that's good enough. Because it is so... Di Australia has so many issues with importing. That if 
they if there is a distributor that has distribution channels throughout the country, you're good. I know they're not technically all that close, but they're like eight or 12 hours away, I think I saw, which is like effectively two states away from me. So it's closer than you think. So stop it, Catlet. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to Element 256. Um, he helped out with this a lot. There, there's been a desire to bring him on as a co-host. So we might have him on as a as a guest. Uh, but we got to get him to get a camera, get him a good microphone, and that kind of thing first. And he's also in the UK, which makes timing a little bit complicated. But uh, thank you, Element 256, one of our Patreon Discord members who has been uh, incredibly valuable in all of this, but gave us a lot of these uh, ideas. So, as Ben says, Australia is the same landmass as the U.S. with 1 16th the populated area and 1 1 millionth the amount of firearms. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we look at all these different problems for business failure. But how the hell do we solve them? Well, when we look at things like lack of market demand, do your research, right? Test before you jump. Test, 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 right? Uh, Sunshine Camp asks, how many of your printers are running right now of your 40? About six, but here's why. We don't do a lot of resin printing. I have 11 resin printers because we have 10 different materials for resin that we currently print with and one spare. So a lot of those sit idle 90% of the time. They're $300 printers. I don't give a shit if they sit idle. Does it suck that it takes up what could be very valuable shelf space? It does. We might look at moving them somewhere else in the future, but... They can sit all they want. They don't cost me anything to be turned off sitting on a shelf. And yes, resin is toxic. But yeah, I will say we have a lot more printers than we need. But when we were running really, really hard, we needed more than what we had. And I said, no, historically we need roughly on any given week about a dozen printers. Like, to be good, we need about a dozen printers. And uh, that's okay. We have more than double that, but it's because we have more than one technology that we chose to bring in more machines. So, you know, one of those good things. But Russ is here. Hey, Russ, how you doing? If you guys didn't know, Russ is also a Patreon member. He recently sent us an Make M5 that we did on a previous stream. If a mod wants to drop that stream link in the chat, that'd be awesome. It was an really really cool stream i have been really running that printer like nobody's business it has been impressing me really impressing me uh Camp was asking how much total have you put into your printers i'm guessing you're asking about price we have over a hundred thousand dollars of printers here but one of the printers was seventy thousand dollars brand new we didn't pay that much for it um but you know we paid a fair bit um, we have over a hundred thousand dollars in our printers Anyways, poor management. How do you deal with that? Acid test. Get a mentor. Get assistance. Listen to what others tell you. Be the person. So be the manager that you never had or the manager that you always wanted, right? 
be that person that you need to be to be successful. Insufficient capital. Do not take a credit card loan. I'm going to be real clear here. Do not take a credit card loan. Hell, don't take a loan, period, if you can avoid it. We do have a loan as 3D Musketeers, but it is an EIDL loan, which is Economic Disaster Impact Relief. No? I don't know. It's a loan at 3.75%, which is stupid low. Like, it's lower than inflation. It's quite literally free money. So I'm fine with that. But bank loans, and especially credit card loans, are incredibly predatory. So be careful about that kind of thing. If you don't have enough money to start your business, then don't start it. Take some time. Run it part-time on a shoestring budget if you have to. But don't just jump headfirst and say, I'm going to spend $200,000 to build my dream business and it's just going to work. Please don't do that. Because chances are, it's not going to be a good deal. Suntiller Camper is asking, how much do you generate a year? That is one of the few questions I will not answer. Um, what we make a year is private. We are a private entity, and that is the way it is going to stay. I am sorry, uh, but I will tell you in 2021, we made negative money. I ran a very successful nonprofit in 2021. Very successful nonprofit in 2021. <laughs> Very successful. Duff says, would it be worthwhile to have an attorney come up with the fine print for contract estimates, invoices, etc. early on? Um, if you are doing jobs that big early on, yes. But if not, no. The way that we run 3DM, if it is less than $1,000, it's cash up front. I don't give a shit. Um, and no need to be sorry, Sun Turtle Camper. It's fine. Um, I just don't like talking about it because it's like, it's putting the success or lack of success of my business on blast. Um, if you are in the discord, I might, I'll be more, you know, honest about the number that we lost in 2021, but I can tell you we made profit last year. It wasn't as much as I was hoping for, but we are going to be changing that this year. So it's all about having that right mindset and getting in the correct direction. But understand, it might not always go your way, and sometimes there's nothing that you can do to avoid it, right? So if you need to, take a loan, but have a really stacked business plan, and especially binding letters of intent or sales that you can basically pull the loan against, right? Something where you know you've got these monthly payments, you know, you. let's say we get a contract doing metal 3D printing for an aerospace company and we need to buy a half million dollar printer. Well, I've got a contract here that's got all these terms in it. It's clean. It's all above board. And we go to the bank and we say, all right, we need a capital expenditure loan so that we can buy a piece of capital equipment. The machine is a million and a, a system that you can basically push it against, right? Something that you can state, hey, I've got a system here that makes sense. Yes, I know. I know you dropped, um, but it's it's about bank, about bank loans, right? A bank will loan you contract to push for. We are now over 6,000 frames dropped. 
And we're dropping more frames. Hooray. More frames dropped. More frames dropped. This is the stream. More frames are dropped. We're still dropping the frames. I have no clue. This is going to end up... God, this is going to go audio only. I forget that I'm going to use this audio only. Oh, that's embarrassing. Well, is what it is. Sorry, guys. We are now over 7,000 frames dropped. 2% of the entire stream has been dropped. And I'm sorry, but there's literally nothing I can do about it. Welcome to Spectrum. Uh, welcome to Spectrum. Uh, Allison3D says, keeps dropping, need to invest in better internet connectivity. It'd be great, Allison, but I've now had Spectrum Internet out at my house five times in the past two weeks. I now have a brand new line from the tap at the pole all the way to my modem, and we still have problems. So it's not me, it's them. And if you feel so, um, I don't know inclined feel free to tweet at spectrum tag me in it let me know it is not yet over 9,000 frames but god if it is we will have to clip that part of the stream because i will make a i'll make a thing about it uh ben cox says at least the percentage is improving it was up at three percent it is now at two percent but realize ben that means we've lost two percent of everything that i've said here today that's pretty crazy Photo says it's you and you know it. Actually, it's all the new construction around me. Um, we have proof that it is not me, and the techs here today saw it. I am excited that they finally got to see the exact problem that I'm dealing with. Anyways. So how do you deal with uh, lack of differentiation? Well, just differentiate. I mean, that's, that, that, that's a pretty easy thing that you can do. Just choose a different segment. Move into a segment that doesn't have a ton of competition into it rather than one that does. It is okay to go into a market that already has some competition because it validates the market that exists. Being a first mover can be a little dangerous because there is no market validation for you. You kind of just have to send it and hope that it works. You can do all the research in the world, but if somebody else hasn't taken the risk for you, you're the one taking the risk. Foda says it's always me. That's fair. It, it is, it is always me. That's, that's fair. So failure to adapt, just roll with the punches. If your business, if you're getting all these jobs in agricultural work and you say, well, I don't want to do agricultural work and agricultural people keep coming to you, shut up and do agricultural work because that's where the money is. Do you want money or not? If you don't want money, don't do the work. But if you want money, do the work. Now, if you say, well, that's just not my business model and you have other business coming to you and you don't need the agricultural work, then you don't have to move toward it. But it might make sense to add a wing of your business that caters to it. Because that sounds like money. And all you got to do is answer the call. Insufficient marketing is going to be a problem that you have when you first start. You can't spend all this money on advertising and marketing and all that, so it is what it is, right? Word of mouth is good. Getting out there is good. Making some videos on social media doesn't hurt. You, that one you just kind of have to work through. A lot of maker-style businesses end up being referral-based. Set up a referral platform if you want. A program where people that 
our customers of yours can refer other business, maybe get a discount or some cash when these referrals get brought into you. It's great business practice. It is used incredibly in the trade industries um, like plumbing, electrical, air conditioning. These are industries that rely heavily on referrals. Hell, mechanics. Do you go to the random mechanic at the end of the road that you've never met? Or do you ask your buddy or ask, you know, Facebook or Twitter, hey, who in the Tampa area has got a good mechanic? You're asking for a referral. Referrals are so valuable in a form of marketing and outside of a good customer experience for the customer costs you nothing. I mean, unless you set up a, a referral platform, which you, you should, you, you should, by the way. Poor customer service. Don't be a dick. Moving on. Economic factors. There's really nothing you can do about that one. If an economic factor comes into play and you lose your day job and you can't do it, yeah, it happens. It is what it is. Uh, I hate that for you, and I'm sorry, but that's life sometimes. Um, know when to fold. Know when to fold your business, right? It's okay to have a business that fails. Start up again when you're able to. It's fine. Poor customer, oh, we already said poor customer service. Competition. Don't go into a market with a ton of competition. It's not worth it. Unless you are somehow able to differentiate and that is going to guarantee you business. Trying to compete in a already heavily saturated market is a waste of time. Like looking at the hair, this is just like a thing. Hair care market is so heavily saturated that new business pretty much has to play the game of craft beer. These are small batch hair care products that are sold exclusively online, right? That's how they make their business models. They're not able to sell in stores because the big businesses end up taking up all the shelf space. And what happens is these niche brands start to be able to scale appropriately, and then they become not a niche brand anymore and become an on-the-store shelf kind of brand, which is really, really cool. Sun Total Camper says all money comes from making a bank loan. Money you loan to the bank make out of thin air, but they still can take your house, car, company if you don't deliver. I mean, that's that's not wrong. Um, Gregory Pfeiffer says trying to get into a few different markets. Aim try to get into a few markets. Aim for ones well established that are easy to get into, and look into recession-proof ones as well. As a maker business, recession-proof markets are kind of complicated. Education, to me, is one of the few pretty much recession-proof markets because people will still always be going to school. Now, of course, we're seeing a resurgency in trade work where people are choosing to opt out of going to college and instead go directly into a trade position. But that's okay. Um, there's nothing wrong with going into going directly into a trade job. In fact... Some good trade jobs pay really, really well money. Um, and as Mayor Makes says, niche brand. Yes, Mayor Makes is a very niche brand of small batch resin. Yes, custom formulated just for you. Um, yeah, it's true. As Ben Cox is saying, the agricultural analogy, there's an opportunity cleverly disguised as a problem. Exactly. You have an opportunity to do more business, not a... Uh, opportunity to miss out on some. 
We are at 8,323 dropped frames for the stream. I think I have to keep streaming until it gets over 9,000 so we can clip it and use it. Because uh, I'm only mildly upset at this point that I have all this new equipment and it still isn't working. Bless it. Just bless it. Um, competition. How can you deal with competition? Uh, be nice basically, and don't go into a market where it is heavily controlled. The good old boy businesses. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go find businesses that work with government. A lot of them are good old boy businesses. They know everybody in the room they need to know, and they are there out of nothing other than a formality, and they instantly get the jobs. Those are good old boy businesses. Don't mess with them. They are big enough to completely crush you, and it will be a problem. Don't mess with good old boy businesses. I don't know why it's a thing, but it's a thing. They've been ingrained for decades. It's not worth your time to try to get through them. I, it, it's just... Take it from someone who's tried. You you don't generally win. Mr. Viper says, If you can make 3D printed items for vices, tobacco, alcohol, cannabis, you will be well set. Regardless of how bad the economy does, people will not neglect their vices. You should say just products that hurt people because people always do things that hurt people. And you're right, um, especially in the cannabis industry. But you need to make sure that it is legal. If cannabis is not legal where you are, it can be considered paraphernalia or paraphernalia related. And the last thing you need is a knock from the good old letter boys. Uh, you don't want to be dealing with feds. So, yeah. So, understand your markets, but, you know, it's a thing. Uh, R3DZ says, good old boy businesses are the Florida men of the job world. Honestly, you're not wrong. They absolutely, and I'm in Florida, and they're like extra Florida men, right? They come in, they're in these meetings at like government, they're at government level meetings. I am there in a suit and tie. I've got proposals ready. These guys are showing up in ripped blue jeans overalls ripped blue jean overalls okay with a pocket that is ripped half of their ass is hanging out they've got dip in their mouth they look like pig pen and they're about 400 pounds and they're getting all the jobs why because they know the people on the board i had a much better proposal than they did it didn't matter they took the proposal of the good old boy because it's the good old boy who knew that he had that job as soon as he showed up uh so yeah i'm not salty about that at all i'm very salty about that Supply chain plan. Have inventory. If you don't have access to uh, retail stores like Micro Center, maintain enough inventory to get you through at least a couple of months of work that you need to do. I know that means you got to have extra storage space, and that means shelves and organization and things that all of us hate for the most part. But it is a requirement if you want to be able to weather a storm, whatever that storm may be. It is important that you do that kind of thing. So just, you know, be careful. Uh, yeah, and Jonas, the if you put a smiley face or any emoji at the end of whatever you type, it deletes whatever you type. It's a YouTube thing. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Mayor Makes says, I tried to make a maker product and made a mainly B2B product. You might end up in a niche you did not expect. And... <clears throat> For you, your product's the same. It doesn't matter. Um, 
And I think realistically, the reason that you end up as a B2B is because not a lot of people know about you. You are a small business and businesses find you because they need the properties that your resin has. And if you guys don't know, I actually have the bottle handy because I had it handy the last time he was here. Let me grab it. Ugh. This is Merrimake's engineering resin. It's basically peak in a bottle. And if you don't know what peak is, you're probably not the right customer for this. This stuff is like bloody affordable too. Uh, highly, highly recommended. This is good resin. We're going to have at some point, I, I'm not great at testing materials and I'm not CNC kitchen. And it's like, I feel like I can't do the test justice because I've not stuff on. Uh, so I, I, I don't know, uh, but I will be using it in upcoming videos. So stay tuned. Jonas says, I had a hard, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the getting into a market. If we just, for example, take a market where there is no competition. How do I see that it is even there? Market research. You figure out who your target audience is, what they are, right? Male, female, you can go as deep as race, gender identity, sexual preference, so that you can really refine who you need to talk to. You go around and you ask. You say, you know, you can go to Facebook groups. Facebook groups are amazing. Like, let's say you make a product that fixes a product. Okay. I'm going to go with a dishwasher part because a lot of people break their dishwashers. So it's a part to fix a dishwasher. You find a Facebook group that is dedicated to this dishwasher and say, hey, I had this part break on my dishwasher. Would you guys have any value for this if I sold them? And you'll see very quickly, nah, man, that's a you thing. It's not a me thing. Um, you know, you might find out there's no value to it. You can put it on Etsy and see what happens. But a lot of times it is you need to do your market research. That is doing things like market analyses, a SWOT analysis, uh, understanding where these opportunities lie. And you need to put product where the people would be. So if you're making a product for dishwashers, don't go to Home Depot and hang out on the lumber aisle to ask people if they have a problem with their dishwasher. They don't care. Go hang out in the plumbing aisle. That's where you want to find the people. If you're trying to find a broad target market, airports, I'm told, are a great place to go. But obviously, you're limited to how far through security that you can get. I've always said Walmart, if you're staying local or some, like, you know, retail store that has a, you know, a wide market uh, reach. Because then, if they're interested, they'll come to you. Um, even further, you'd want to look at doing focus groups. And other market research, you know, like this used to be a thing. It's not a big thing anymore, but when you would walk through a mall and someone, when you make eye contact with them, they're going to come up and ask you something. They normally have a clipboard with them and they're going to ask you some questions. And if you answer their questions, they might ask you if you want to come to a presentation. All of that is a market research study. That's what those are. These are people that are not afraid to walk up to you and ask you questions. If you fit the target market that they're looking for, whether it's, you know, I'm a white male in my thirties. Okay. If that is the target market they're looking for, they're going to come up to me. They're going to ask me a question, right? Like the gentleman that um, asked for my help when I walked out of Walgreens, he needed help with his car. He figured he's a young guy in his 30s. He probably knows about cars. I, 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 I do. And I knew exactly what his car problem was. He got lucky, but he took his target and it worked out. I wasn't able to fix his car because I had to come home to a meeting and I still feel bad about it. 
So, sir, I know you're not watching this, but I hope you got everything resolved. And I hope that you got your radiator fans fixed or at least rewired. Because I don't think the fans were broken. I think he had a wiring issue. But anyways. It is all about market. Market, 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 market. <laughs> uh, let's see. What other questions do we got? R3DZ says, peak in a bottle. Now you have my interest in resin. Exactly. See, the average consumer is like, peak? What's peak? Polyether ether ketone. It's amazing. It's a god plastic. Uh, yeah, it it is pretty great. Um, Super Caro says, last time that happened to me in Florida, they wanted to sell me a timeshare. And if you think timeshares are a good investment, go watch John Oliver's piece on it. They are a disaster. A disaster. Why am I being pinged? I'm being pinged. Uh, Am I dropping more frames again? Yep. We're almost there. We're almost there. Come on, 9,000. Come on, 9,000. 8,600. 8,700. 8,800. 8,900. We're over 9,000 frames dropped, ladies and gentlemen. Over 9,000 frames dropped. Thank you, Spectrum Internet, for your unreliable internet. Over 9,000 frames have been dropped in this hour and 54-minute podcast. We're dropping more frames, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming up on over 10,000 frames dropped. 96, 95 frames dropped in this podcast. My God, Spectrum Internet is terrible. I am so frustrated. I am so, I am going to take a screenshot of myself with how many frames I have dropped because this is just ridiculous. That is just absolutely ridiculous. But we did it, Reddit. Over 9,000. We did it, Reddit. Oh my gosh. How ridiculous. Congrats! We did it! My internet still sucks! Over 9,000! Gregory Fiber with the $50! <laughs> Over 9,000! Spectrum Repair Fund! Thank you, sir! God, 50 bucks, Greg! You are a mad lad! Thank you, sir! Greatly appreciate the super chat! I was telling the Spectrum guys, I said, you know, at some point... It just becomes a meme that I have bad internet and people will give us random amounts of money when the internet goes down. <laughs> and he's like, so do you want me to fix it or not? I said, no, no, I, 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 I want you to fix it because the amount of people that we lose when I drop packets is much higher than the money that we get in. Thank you, Greg, for the 50 bucks. That's just hilarious. We're at 9,695 packets dropped. I am just... I'm so pissed. I am so, so pissed off. Uh, here, uh, if you are in the Discord, I am going to toss the video, or um, the image, in uh, in the Making Awesome Podcast link. Um, so there you go. There, you, you, now you guys can, uh, can do it. Mad Cat with the $10, kick it in the fund. 
Oh, that's great. Um, Ben D H said, you should ask, can you actually fix it? They can't fix it. They know they can't fix it because they know it's on the node side, but they have to come out and replace all this crap because if they don't, Spectrum won't actually take them seriously. So welcome to the world of small business and why customer service matters so much. The mayor makes says the super chats made this even more epic. Well, welcome to my world to be clear. Mayor makes Gregory Pfeiffer and Mad Cat are members of our Patreon Discord, so they are part of the Dgen Clan, uh, and they they they're good. They're great people. They're awesome to hang out with. Uh, love hanging out with them. But uh, they are also doing this to make fun of me. It is it is also funny for them. Uh, so I'm down for it. I'm totally down for it. You know, uh, and if all goes well, y'all will be able to. Oh, I don't I. Well, I'll say it. We're trying to get a dunk tank for the Rocky Mountain Rep Rap Fest. So that is currently in the works. And if we can do it, I will be in the dunk tank. Uh, so you guys can spend money to try to uh, dunk me in water. And every dime of it will go to the Sunday Mortimer Foundation. So there you go. Uh, we are still trying to make that happen for Rocky Mountain. We got approval from E3D. We're just trying to see if it can do it. Greg says he's enjoying his time. Well, I'm glad you are enjoying your time. <laughs> But 15 from Russ. <laughs> well, thank you, Russ, for the $15 super chat. You guys are you guys are great. <laughs> this is what happens with our streams. We lose, we drop packets. You drop packets and we get super chats. <laughs> no packet drops in the Discord, so get on that Patreon. I mean, it will probably still happen in the discord for reference uh there's just nothing that i there's nothing i can do about it um welcome to my welcome to my world anyways we were going on board <laughs> uh you guys are great thank you all for your support um <laughs> we were still looking at some of these other problems and how to fix them right things like not knowing what you're doing ask 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 people to help you if you are having a trouble and you don't know what to do in your business email me youtube at 3dmusketeers.com it goes to my direct inbox and people that have emailed me know that i get back to you might not be you know exactly immediately but i try russ says for the packet recovery fund thank you we should start a company all about recovering lost packets um Oh, God, I've even got the slogan. Oh, man. Oh, that's a bad one. That's a bad slogan. That's a D-Gen Network level slogan. I'll tell you guys in the Discord. I'm not saying it now. But uh, let's look at some of these other ones, right? If you don't know what you're doing, ask for help. Find a business mentor. Go to your local EDC, not your electronic music concert. Go to your local economic development council. Go find a place where you can get assistance for small businesses. Everybody at some point has thought about making their own business. There have been very few people in the world that are like, I am very comfortable working for somebody else, and I never want to be my own boss. Uh, ben Cox says, effective hourly rate versus money per packet, per dropped packet rate. Oh, that would be funny. Uh, that would be funny. Um, so things like how do you keep your competitors from taking over over time? Um, 
when you have that problem and you see people that are getting into your market, you have a decision to make. Do you either try to compete with them or do you just let them have it and go into a different market? It's totally acceptable to say, you know, it's just not worth it to me. I'd much rather go into a different market where I don't have all this, all this effort. Or you might say, well, wait a minute. If they're taking my customers, why? Call those customers up and say, hey, I noticed um, you're not working with us anymore. I would love to know why. I, you know, if you don't want my business back, that's okay. But I would love to know why so I can try to keep this from happening in the, in the future. It's a great thing to ask. Ask big companies because these are still regular old people. Hey, what can I do to make this experience better for you? I asked that to one of my clients and they said, well, I'd actually really like to see this kind of thing in person. I said, okay, when do you want? I'll bring a printer down. So a couple of days later, I threw a printer in my car, drove to their office, set it up. And he's like, okay, it is objectively as cool as I thought it was. Awesome. That's all I needed. I'm like, cool. That's it. He's like, yeah. I said, well, I'm printing your logo. You want to hang out? He's like, oh, hell yeah. All right. We'll do a shop tour while that thing gets my, my logo done. That's what we did. So, yeah. Uh, Supercare says, I guess you lied when you said the packet drop made you lose money. I mean, technically, uh, but it's not, it's not, it's not inaccurate either. Uh, Mayor makes a spectrum is going to use the super chats as proof of the benefit of their services. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, <laughs> spectrum where dropped packets drives engagement. <laughs> You guys are terrible. So yeah, you got to decide for, for that one if it's worth your time. It might just be your time to move on to a different industry and you've enjoyed the lack of competition, right? Hey, let's use the example we all know, Prusa and Bamboo. Prusa has enjoyed the 3D printing industry pretty much untouched for the last five years. They have had the Mark IV in beta... I'm now aware of the Mark IV being in beta for over 14 months. That's a long time to beta test a printer. But they were enjoyed a longer beta cycle because nobody really bothered them. They didn't need to make any upgrades. There wasn't a necessity. The Mark III is still a phenomenal printer. Still a phenomenal printer. Now that Bamboo came out, Prusa will be forced to really improvise, adapt, and overcome, or they're going to fall to the wayside. <clears throat> the Mark IVs that I'm seeing land at people's homes, the pictures and videos, they're working like Swiss watches. Uh, Tyler from TG Creative said, this was one of the easiest from box to printing experiences that I've ever had. He said, honestly, could have been done in sub 10 minutes if I wanted it to. He said it was that simple. It's amazing. But now that there's a new competitor, Prusa will be required to kind of keep up. And as I've said before, everybody wins. Now, You'll see more of this on um, my Wednesday video, but I believe the Mark IV is kind of proof that Prusa is 
not all that interested in the main consumer market for the MK line anymore. I believe that they're going more prosumer, light industrial, and small business. And the mini is more of the one for everybody because it's much more affordable. Because at 800 bucks, there is a lot of competition at that price point now. And $1,100 is a kit. There's a lot of competition at that price point. And the Suntour Campus is SV06 Plus, right? SV06, an amazing printer. There's a lot of competition. My SV06 Plus is on the way. I am excited. I'm excited. $300. Hope it's good. But I have different expectations for a $300 Sobel than I do for a $1,000 Prusa. So, but when we are looking at, these are clones, right? The Sobel SV06 is a clone of a Mark III. Let's not lie about it. It's what it is. And the plus is a Mark III that took the blue pill. It's a Viagra joke. If it is just a bigger SV06, I'm down. I'm 100% down. And I'm going to buy a few more. Because I need printers that have big build volumes. Like, yesterday. Um, so I am really, really excited for it. But there will be limitations to what's possible. Ronnie says, uh, I have a set of SV06s now. Damn, those things are impressive, especially given the price. I agree. They're damn good machines. And while I still, like, I still want to get a Mark IV, but I'm not saying, you know, divest in Sovel by Prusa, right? I'm saying that there is value to other things. Supercares is for $1,000 Prusa. I expect at least one bag of bears. They come with gummy bears. Don't worry. Come with gummy bears. Um, but I will say the value proposition for me at my perspective, where I am at of a Prusa is not as great anymore as what it used to be. I love the plug and play, but I'm also at a point where I can basically use these Sovels and get 95% for a quarter of the price. I love the idea of the Mark four. And I'm curious to see how the 30 by 10 fan fares better than the 50-15 when it comes to cooling. I'll be very curious to see. I love the way that they've made their system incredibly easy to use. So A plus to that. And I dig it, right? I, I think that's a great printer. Jonas E is asking, what printer do you recommend is the main printer for a small business? I got a CR10, but that one likes to be tinkered with. And tinkering is not a good business model for me. If you are just starting, it is a Prusa. If you don't want to tinker, it's a Prusa. If you don't mind a little, like I've got a farm of Prusas. I don't mind having machines that require a little bit more attention than nothing, but are a quarter of the price. If you don't mind a little bit of extra effort and specifically with the Solvo SV06, it has no filament runout sensor. So you gotta be careful about that. Then it's a great printer. And as Russ says, the Neptune 3 Pro has been flawless for him. I like the Neptune series as well. The Neptune 3 Pro Plus and Max, amazing machines. I think that they really do need to have all metal hot ends. Um, and I really don't see the advantage of a 500 millimeter bed slinger. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Stuart McClellan says that's the same paradigm as NHL versus AHL hockey tickets. 95% of the hockey for 10% of the cost. So you mean you get all the fist fights? without 
all the crazy phantom. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, I love the Sobel. I've heard great things about, you know, Elegoo's Neptune 3 Pro Plus and Max. I mean, they won number two spot for our best three printers uh, at the time. I It was maybe of 2022. I think that was when we did the video. Great machines, right? But I think for a business, it is worth realistically spending that extra money on Prusa in the beginning. Mayor Make says, as a guy that has printers running like Grant has behind his head, I very much value my Prusa minis for their silence. I'd be the customer for the Mark IV, but there's other stuff I need first. That's fair and a very, very valid thing to say. I believe that there is good out there, and I believe that the Prusa still has a lot of value, but because I know what I'm doing, I'm okay with saying I don't really need any customer support. I don't really need a warranty. I'll buy the spare parts and end up doing some of the labor myself, and I'll still end up winning versus something like a Mark S. The silence of the Mark IV is scary, how quiet it is. And for a printer with input shaping, if any of you have ran a Voron, or for me, it's the Bamboo, it is so freaking loud. It is so loud, it gives me a headache. And if I can run 80% of the speed of a Bamboo and be as quiet as a Mark III or quieter, do you know what? It's kind of worth dealing with a bed slinger to deal with the noise reduction. See, you got to think about where those printers are going to go to. Some people would say bamboo's a great investment. I think it's a hit or miss. But yeah, you got to be careful with noise, especially if it's a home-based business. Especially if you work from home and have 3D printers running in the background. Boss, you're like, what the hell is that noise? be running rtx voice the whole time so they can't hear anything else going on in the house but yeah as mad cat says the sv06 is one of the best printers they've ever used and i didn't know there were sv06s for 185 bucks as black adder says missed on that i would have bought a few more in a 185 shit it's a great price but there is a lot of value out there and as a small business if you have a lot of experience your first printer, I still think, should be a Purusha, and maybe your second should still be a Purusha, because a lot of times they are just going to work. But when it comes to building out a farm, I don't know, man. These Sovels, these Sovels are uh, catching my eye. And I like that the Elegoo version, but they're still V-wheels. I believe that ball bearings are better than V-wheels, in my opinion. Russ says his bamboo is down. Russ, why is your bamboo down? What'd you do? What happened? I'd love to know. Greg says, a good rule of thumb, if mechanical parts are loud, then they are wearing out fast. Mechanical parts wear faster as the sound they create increases. Madcat says on Zombie Hedgehog stream last night, one of the folks in the stream was running their printer and it was loud. Yeah. Yeah. Black Adder says, I'm adding a filament sensor and a 5015 as well. 
going to add heat bed insulation too. I'm assuming that's on an SV06 plus. Yeah. So the filament sensor, they're cheap. You can get them for like four bucks a piece, but you got to reflash it, which I don't like doing. Uh, but it is what it is. Ronnie says on the Amazon, they are $249 for a limited time. Bought a few right then and there. I agree. $250? Bucks? $250 bucks for a 3D printer that is that good should be criminal. Should be criminal. Because what it does is it makes businesses like mine way less valuable. Because it means you can start up and directly compete with 3D Musketeers with an army of 200 You can get $2,500 in Sovels and really put the rails to a small print farm. If you're willing to go through that effort. Glenn Larson says, I chose CR10 V3 as my first FDM. SV04 is my second. Uh, Mike, never let machines win, says, my Prush machines get used a lot more than all my other brands combined. 100% I agree with you on that. 100%. Russ says, the extruder board basically melted the connectors. Holy shit. Russ, if you don't get service in an amount of time that seems reasonable to you, so three to three three days or less let me know and i will start pinging people we dropping frames again we are over ten thousand frames dropped ladies and gentlemen over ten thousand frames dropped for this stream absolutely ridiculous but yeah i'm sorry that sucks um i have some old extruder boards i might be able to send you um, email me or DM me or something and, uh, we'll take a look at it. Uh, Glenn Larson says, I'm actually considering getting one of my newbie, one more newbie friendly ones to help me learn all the things that are less newbie friendly on the CR10 and SV04. That's a good point. Having printers that are easier to run mean you learn faster, right? So. Anyways, guys, we're over two hours deep into this, so I'm going to call it. I appreciate y'all coming out, dealing with over 10,000 packets lost during this stream. I guess I got to clip that one more time here. So that I can tweet at Spectrum. And uh, say, you know, over 10,000 packets lost or 10,000 frames lost in a two hour and 15 minute live stream is unacceptable. If you are part of our Discord, I will be in the voice chat as soon as we end this. So come over and hang out. And if you're listening back audio only, you're a week lagged and you should come hang out with us live basically every weekend right on YouTube. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all the things. Patreon, YouTube channel members, PayPal in the description down below support the creators that you enjoy that's really all i got for you guys today stay safe out there don't forget to call your loved ones and as always keep making awesome have a good one